0: Thank you, Father, for the healing power of God available to us each and every day. Father, we thank you. You're worthy of all things, Father, worthy of all praise and adoration. Father, we thank you. You're full of might and power and dominion, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are great, greatly to be praised. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are good, Father, and Your mercy endureth forever. You are good, Father. Thank You, Father, that You are good, that You are gracious, Father, slow to anger. Thank You, Father. Thank You, Father. Thank You you for Your grace and Your compassion. Father, we thank you that everywhere any child of God goes, the power of the Lord is present to heal. Father, even for those who don't believe in healing, because you live on the inside of them, that power is already there to heal. So Father, we thank you everywhere a child of God goes, the power of the Lord is present to heal. Thank you for that, Father. Thank you, Father. Divine healing and power, Father, resides in your presence. Father, they are sourced from your spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Well, if you need prayer for healing for anything in your in your body, if you come up here, we'll pray for you. You know, the Lord is a healer. Amen. He has never stopped healing. He has always desired to heal his children. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, that you're a divine healer. And Lord, you heal from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. So, Father, I thank you for your healing power, to. Drive out all sickness and disease, Father, and pain. In the name. you're so good and kind to us, Father. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your healing mercy and your power, Father, resides in us, Father. Lord, we thank you that there is no time and distance of your spirit. We speak life and health today. Father, I curse that our flesh. You leave in the name of Jesus. Body, you be healed and well and strong. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. And we agree together that it's so, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that it's done. But it's sober, life and health, in the name of Jesus. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, we thank you for watching over us each and every day. We thank you that you paid a great price for our healing. Father, you suffered greatly so that we can live lives without pain and agony Father, discomfort. There's much work to be done in the world by the church, Father. And sickness and disease is designed to hinder our work. So, Father, we thank you that we will accomplish all that you've asked us to do. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Is he our healer? Yes, amen. He's always our healer, amen. He's never not been our healer. We thank him for watching over us, amen, being good to us. So let's open up our Bibles to the book of uh, Psalms. In the original uh, Jewish, uh, in their Jewish Bible, Psalms is actually five books. Uh, and so uh, we're going to open up to Psalm 91. And in the... Um, Dr. Yeoman's book, she's been teaching on, um, on the different Psalms and how they're helpful to us, and of course, she got the Psalm 91, and Psalm 91 is just a, just a, a great Psalm, and there's a lot of promises in there, so and there's only a few verses in, in Psalm 91, so let's start out here in, in verse 1, and you know, in the area of healing, you're going to use a lot of verses like we read uh, last week about uh, how he redeems us from from all evil, preserves us from all evil. Well, you can use that in the area of healing. If if uh, there's sickness and disease coming against you, then, you know, that uh, uh, that's an evil a- attack against you. And so um, you can use that in the area of healing. You can use that in any area that you need where, where there is an attack of evil against you. You can use that, amen? And, of course, um, you'd have to come to the conclusion that all sickness and disease is a... Um, um, an evil attack, amen? But it says here in Psalm 91, verse 1, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Well, so who's he talking about here? Uh, he's talking about us, right? We dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Well, uh, who who is it a secret to? Is it a secret to you? Do you know where you are? Well, you know where you are, right? Where are you? Well, you are where you are. I mean, uh, you, uh, And so... It's not talking about uh, that it's a secret to you. Well, is it a secret to the Lord? Does he know where you are? You know, when the Lord went to Adam in the garden and said, Adam, were are out there, did he not know where Adam was? Well, he knew where Adam was. He was wanting Adam to know if, if he knew where he was. Uh, and so, so who's it a secret to? Not, not to God, not to you. Well, who's left in the world? It's the devil, right? The enemy. And so if you're in the secret place of the most high God, uh, can the devil find you? You ever had something delivered and delivered people, we can't find your address? You know, uh, when we first moved into our house, uh, our street wasn't even on the map. So you go on, you know, you go on a, uh, your phone and look up our address and there's no road. Uh, and it says that doesn't exist. Well, it does exist. I knew it existed, right? And uh, of course, my wife knew it existed, but the map companies didn't know it existed. So as far as they were concerned, it was a secret place and you couldn't have anything delivered from certain companies there. Uh, and so... Uh, but that's where we live. We live in a secret place of the Most High. So that means that sickness can't find you, right? The devil can't find you. The, the disease can't find you. So if you live there, if you live in the, in the secret place of the Most High, then he says you shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And if he's, that means he, there's a covering over you of the power of God. And if there's a covering over you, then uh, how much access to the, does the devil have into your life? Well, he shouldn't have any if, if you're really dwelling there. Amen. And then he says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I will trust. Well, what are you saying? You know, how many times have uh, you talked to him? How, how's it going? Oh, devil's been on my back all week long. Uh, he's got me sick. You know, my bursitis is acting up. My car exploded. My cat died. My dog died. What do what you say? He says, I will say he is my refuge and my fortress but a lot of the church says I I don't know if I'm gonna make it I don't think I can I'll be here tomorrow uh, I know one time I was uh, at the end of the day at work uh, I needed a ride home and um, uh, or I was uh, fixing to leave to go home and I told my boss that I would see him tomorrow and he said well the Lord willing so he didn't know if it was a, the will of the God for him to be alive tomorrow or not he's got a young child a wife well, I'm thinking, well, I don't want to ride home with you. If you don't know if it's willing for you to make it home, I don't want to ride with you. You want to ride with them? You roll the dice. You know, roll the dice. We'll see if we're going to make it. We might not. You don't know. Uh, well, so what are you saying? Uh, I will say he is my refuge and my fortress. If he's your refuge, your hiding place, and your fortress, uh, you know, when, uh, when, when I was growing up, I, I lived in New Hampshire. And, um, of course, in New Hampshire, you get lots, lots of good snow, which is great if you grow up there. And so one of the things we would do uh, certain uh you know if you if you're an expert at snow and i'm not an expert at snow but if you there, there's different kinds of snow right so if you're a skier you really want to know what kind of snow is it right if it's, if it's a wet snow or sticky snow or dry snow they've got all kinds of things and it's based on the the amount of uh, uh, uh of water in the snow uh, and so um, it it, uh, on certain times of the year during the winter times there'd be like a a one-inch crust of of not really ice but just crunchy snow on the top of the snow and so you could walk on that as long as you didn't uh, stomp real hard you could walk across on that crunchy uh, snow there uh, when you're going from here to there Uh, and of course other times when it's just powdery snow you just sink to the bottom immediately but uh, if it got to that place where it had that one-inch layer so we, we would cut it out with our little mittens and they would stack it up on, on itself like uh, like layers of bricks. And they would build a fortress. And then we'd have snowball fights, right? Uh, and that's how we, and so you'd want to have a good fortress there. Because if you had a good fortress, then uh, the, the snowballs wouldn't hit you. And the worst thing in the world is get a snowball in the face. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've taken a lot of snowballs in the face over the years. And they're, they're really cold and they hurt, right? But if you had a great fortress, you know the snowballs couldn't make it to you, right? That's the whole point. So you wanted to have a good fortress. Well, if the Lord is your fortress, then... then um, uh, what can the enemy do to you? Well, they can't do anything to you. Well, But what are you saying? I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. Well, there's a hole in your fortress right there. I don't know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. Uh, I don't know if it's God's will for me to be, to be alive tomorrow, uh, the next day from now. Well, then every time we say things like that, there goes a, a, a stone out of our fortress. No, the Lord's not diminished, but your faith in the Lord uh, as your refuge has diminished, because if he's your refuge, can the enemy kill you? You know, the best thing in the world you wanna do is you wanna run and get into the fortress so that if they shot an arrow at the stone fortress, what's the fortress gonna do? They won't even notice it, right? Did somebody hear something? I, you know, I don't, I, I don't think I heard anything. You know, you, it just, it's, it's not a deal. It's not even a not a concern at all. But if you're just out by yourself and they shoot an arrow at you, and it's just you, you know, in, in your T-shirt, you know is that t-shirt gonna slow anything down Well, I got blue jeans on probably still not going to slow anything down right uh, and so so you need and, and want and should desire to be in his fortress but you will you will you have to have faith in that amen so much of the church has little faith in the strength of the Lord and, and much of the times the church is of the opinion that the devil is almost as strong they don't, they don't actually elevate him all the way to God but he's almost as strong as the Lord not even close there's not, not even a competition. If, he, if he's my fortress, then then I am uh, impervious to attacks. Amen. And so, is it true that he is your fortress? What are you saying? That's the question for you, us. What are you saying? What am I saying? Am I declaring this to be so? Am I saying this is so? Am I living like this is so? Or is everything something? Oh, here it comes again. Here it goes again. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Uh, what, what are we saying? Because see, the the Word of God. Uh, from one's aspect, is the Lord our God, our refuge, whether we believe it or not? He is, whether we believe it or not, that's his role. That's, he said, that's part of my role, is to be your refuge. I'm declaring to you through my word that I am your refuge. Right? That's what he says in, in the word of God. If we choose not to, you know, the, the, the castle is right over there, the fortress is right over there. We choose not to go to the fortress, we choose to, to live out here where there's not safety guaranteed instead of going into the fortress, well, who is that on? Is that on the Lord or is that on us? That's on us. And so when we, when we start saying, uh, well, here comes the devil again, we're walking out of the fortress. We're going out into the field all by ourselves. We're not living in the fortress like we should. We're not using our words to declare our faith. Amen. Our words should be a reflection of what the word of God says and not what the devil's doing. And yet, oftentimes... We literally shoot ourselves in the foot by declaring things that are in contradiction to what the Word of God says. So, yeah, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. What are you saying? He is my fortress. What are you saying? He is my God. What are you saying? And the last one is really the key to the whole thing. In Him will I trust. Do you trust the Lord? You know, we, we've got to get to where we trust the Lord. A lot of people, you know, you listen to them, well, God decided not to heal me. So you don't trust him? So, so he said he would, but you're saying he's not, and so you don't really trust his word. You ever know people who say they're going to do something and they don't do it? Well, what's, what do you think about that person? Uh, you can, they can't be trusted. You come up to, hey, uh, someone, so, so-and-so told me something, and I know you know them. Uh, they said they were going to do that. Do you think they will? And then he's like, oh, yeah, I know them. They won't do it. Almost guaranteed they won't do it, right? 50-50 if they'll do it at all. But then you go to them about some other people. Hey, so-and-so told me this, that they would do that. What do you think? Oh, the earth will stop spinning before they don't do that. They will do it. if you. It's guaranteed as the sun's coming up tomorrow. They'll do it. Uh, and so uh, that's the person you want to trust. Amen. Well, is the Lord that trustworthy? Is the Lord trustworthy to do, to do what his word says? Will the Lord do what he says he'll do? Will he really be our refuge and our fortress? Will he really be... Uh, a place that we can abide in his shadow uh, is well of course uh, technically it's true but do you believe it's true do you trust him right i will trust him in him will i trust Uh, and then then he starts a testimony surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome noisome pestilence and so he's really continuing on verse 2 i will say well what else is he saying i am also saying that he shall deliver me. So that these are, in, in this sense, so, so I said, his testimony, but it's, really, it's really a future tense. Uh, regardless of what happens, he didn't say that there wasn't going to be a snare of the fowler, or that there will never be a noisome pestilence, or I've got a footnote there, it says raging epidemic. He didn't say the Lord would never uh, uh, allow, and I don't like the, that phrase, and we'll, we'll mention it in a minute, but that there won't ever be a, a, a fowler, a snare of the fowler, or a raging epidemic right the lord never promised that there would never be those things but what he does promise is he would deliver you from those things and so you know much of the church they act surprised when there when there is a raging epidemic and then they start blaming god well god did this well god never promised there wouldn't be raging epidemics right there's sin in the world the world has fallen the lord's not putting out raging epidemics the devil's causing these things to happen uh, either directly or indirectly, because there's a fallen world and sin is, is, has touched this planet. And, and until that we get a new planet, there's always going to be something new. There's no promise in the word of God that there's not things going to happen. There's no promise in the word of God that there's not going to be hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes and noise and pestilences and fowlers and uh, uh, trying to destroy your life. He never said that those things would not happen. He did say he would deliver you from them. And so we need to get our faith aligned with the word of God because a lot of times things happen in the world and a church falls apart. You know, the COVID-19 pandemic was a great example when it hit. Uh, it was amazing to me how much fear was in the church. Now, the world, I don't care about the world, but in the church. I mean, dreadful fear, like we're all going to die fear. Like, uh, don't get around to anybody because... Uh, uh, we can't trust the Lord that He will provide and, and watch over us. We've got to do everything that the world says, and the problem with that is much of what the government says was a complete lie and fabrication. And it's unfortunate, you know, they shouldn't lie and, and fabricate things. But they say, you know, at first they said don't wear masks, and they say yeah, I do wear masks. Well, which is it? And then they said, well, you know, this this uh, vaccine will help uh, stem the the uh, um, transmission of the disease. And then they said, well, we were kidding. It really doesn't actually stop the transmission of the disease it just, you know, stops it from you. Uh, well, well, that was a lie. And so can, the, 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 to me, the worst thing that came out of this pandemic is how uh, much trust the government has lost with the, with the citizens of this country. You know, and not that the government's ever been perfect before, you know, the government's have probably always lied, but I think they just did such a disservice to that. But in the church, you know, I'm not talking about the world, I'm talking in the church, the people who say that he is my refuge and my fortress were so fearful wouldn't go to church. If someone coughed, they'd leave the building. Oh, well, they coughed, you know, I gotta leave the building. Uh, and, and, well, they, they were coughing before, yeah, but now they're coughing and, and it's the plague, right? Uh, and so, uh, but but what happened? We forgot that he said he would deliver us from these things. Is this not a true statement? Is, did he say he would deliver? Well, it says right there, he'll deliver us. Uh, does it say, surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisy See, Doesn't say anything about COVID-19. So. COVID, it's, it's fair game right uh, we, we cannot be delivered from COVID-19 is that true well that's not true uh, the, the raging epidemic I think would qualify as being what, what COVID-19 was amen and I'm not saying COVID-19 wasn't real I think it was a real sickness and a real disease I think it was a uh, sure enough a thing that happened uh, but uh, is uh, Psalm 91 was there before COVID-19 it was there while COVID-19 was there it's still there amen hasn't moved it's still there and so will he deliver us from the snare of the fowler? Yeah, and so, and so again, I will say, well, well, he said in verse 2, he said in verse 3, he's saying in verse 4, he shall cover me with his feathers and under his wings shall thou trust. Uh, his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Well, it, it, is, that, is that true, right? That, he, that, uh, um, uh, that his truth, well, what is his truth? What's the source of, of God's truth? It's his word, right? So his truth, his word is thy shield and buckler. So what's the what's the what's the job of the shield and buckler? It's to to shield you from whatever this the fowlers trying to shoot at you, right? Whatever the hunter's trying to shoot at you, whatever the enemy's trying to shoot at you, then the job of the shield and the buckler is, is to hinder that from impacting your life, from causing harm into your life. Are you saying that? That he shall cover me with his feathers, under his wings I shall trust? And his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. And that's really the issue is uh, if we don't know his truth, if we don't know the word of God, and it doesn't mean you have to quote the entire uh, New Testament, uh, but do you know his word? Do you know that he says that, that I am Jehovah Rapha? Do you know that he said that I sent my word and healed you? Uh, do you know that he said that, that his stripes, that by his stripes I was healed? That's the truth, amen? And, and, and if you believe those things, they become a shield for you and and the weapons of the enemy he never said there would not be weapons of the enemy he never said I will take the weapons out from the enemy he just said I will provide you a shield against the weapons of the enemy uh, in there you know in the individual situations he can do things uh, of course to help us uh, but then he says again um, in uh, in verse 5 thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor for the arrow that flieth by day and I think verse 5 uh, is an unfortunate uh, verse that shows how far from the word of God we have gotten in the church during this pandemic, the level of terror, again, in the church, right, not in the world, I, you know, I don't, I don't preach to the world, I preach to the church, right, but in the church, how much terror, just fear, and even today, right, I mean, it's the pandemic started in 2020, we're in 2023, just the other day, we were going somewhere, the people were still wearing masks, uh, and, and, you know, technically, they literally do nothing, right, uh, And if you know anything about uh, viruses and germs and that type of thing, it was specifically viruses, that uh, masks do nothing. Uh, You you think about it just from a practical standpoint. uh, So many of these diseases come from China. What has people in China been doing for decades? They wear masks, right? It doesn't seem to help them any. I mean, all these diseases come from there. And so, um, but you know, and and this is not a class on uh, whether or not you should wear uh, masks or, or get a vaccine. You know, I, don't, I don't really care. You do whatever you want to, but what's your motivation? Are you, are you in complete terror? Are you afraid of these things? Is that, is that why you're doing those things? Uh, and, you know, if, if masks really did help, wear a mask, right? If, if the vaccine really does help stop transmission, get a vaccine if you want to. I, I don't have a problem either your way, right? There's a lot, of, a lot of controversy about that. To me, that's not the controversy. The controversy is what's going on inside of me. Am I in terror of these things? You know, you can get a vaccine and, and not be in terror. You can wear masks and not be in terror. It, it's, you know, uh, just, you know I, I like to wash my hands. I don't wash my hands out of terror. I like to wash my hands because I like to have clean hands. I just, you know, uh, I just prefer having clean hands instead of, instead of grubby hands. So uh, he said, thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night. And that, that's, an, that's an indictment, really, I think, uh, where the church went to. And, and even today, many churches... You know, a lot of churches closed up uh, entirely because, well, they couldn't stay open because nobody was attending and nobody was, because uh, nobody's attending, then they weren't getting any income. And so they had to close the buildings and a lot of churches closed down because of, of the pandemic. Uh, and, it, and it's unfortunate, amen. Uh, and so, uh, but the, the, you know, the good thing is uh, we don't have to be afraid for the terror by night. So it's not just a small, you know, a small amount of fear. It's a terror, right, which is, you know, a level 10 fear, you know. Level 1 fear is boo, you know. Uh, level 10 fear is terror that you're going to die a horrible, painful death and, uh, and be careful uh, uh, about how you live because there's so much terror out there. Uh, and so uh, do we have a right? Are we saying, I will say of the Lord, right? Because verse 2 really goes along with all of these things. I will say that I will not be afraid for the terror by night. I will say I will not be afraid for the arrow that flieth by the day. So it doesn't matter what time of day the, the enemy is trying to attack you, I'm not going to be afraid, amen? Do we have a right to live that way? Do we have a right to live free from fear in every area of our life? Well, we do, right? Uh, and so, uh, and again, uh, verse six, nor for the pestilence. Well, that's what he mentioned earlier, noisome pestilence uh, up in verse three, but the pestilence here. The, the, nor for the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. So you know there's some things that sneak around in the dark, some things that sneak around in the light. Uh, whether it's sneaking around in the dark or sneaking around in the light, uh, do we have the the right to not be afraid? So verse six continues uh, the thought in verse five of not being afraid. I am not going to be afraid for the pestilence that walketh in the darkness. I am not going to be afraid for the destruction that wa- uh, wasteth at noonday. And, and so why do we have the freedom to not be afraid of these things we go back to it to our declaration of faith that that he is my refuge in him i will trust he will deliver me he will be my shield he will be my buckler amen that if we believe those things then it's easy to not be afraid if we don't believe those things if we believe that that god may not be our strength may not be our fortress may not be our refuge then we're on our own and the fear will rise up in our hearts. Amen? And that's really what happened to the church, is the church forgot that he's our refuge, that he's our shield and buckler, and that maybe he can't do something about it. And then, of course, you get the, the, the kind of uh, the fringe parts of the church. Well, God brought this on the church. Did God bring the pandemic to the world? No, God's on a big, big where's he going to get it from? Any pandemics in heaven? Hey, Gabriel, send a pandemic, you know, right now. Uh, are there any pandemics in heaven to send to the earth no pandemics in heaven to send to the earth so the lord the lord didn't create these things uh, and so so uh, verse six continues uh, the thoughts of verse five of be, uh having the freedom to live without fear uh, and th- and i think that's a great place to live uh, we as christians ought to live a life completely and totally free from any fear any fear uh, and of course the the medical world uh, likes to call them uh, phobias right Uh, phobia of this and phobia of this arachnophobia uh, uh, we went through a whole list of them you know there's a phobia for peanut butter do you know that some people are afraid of peanut butter i mean how how do you get afraid of peanut butter Uh, i mean did you have like a nightmare a peanut butter nightmare how how does it i mean i can understand being afraid of spiders right because spiders can bite you and you could die right there's a chance if it's the right spider you can bite you and die uh, and, and, um, and, and, but some people are still unreasonably afraid of spiders. Yeah. And, and I remember when we traveled to, uh, to Africa one time, we were staying at a house, and um, uh, up on the wall there was a big spider, about that big, you know, a big old uh, black spider. It wasn't like a we didn't, well, we, of course, we didn't get close enough to see if it was a black wood or not. It was just a big spider, big hairy spider, you know. And so there was a guy that was there traveling with us from Tennessee, and big old like a football guy football player hey go go kill that spider i ain't killing that spider (laughs) you go kill that spider and so it didn't matter how big he was he wasn't going to kill no spider and and the funny thing is that that night i was praying and so i was just laying on the ground just praying you know my face was underground just praying you know because we were there for mission work and as i was praying suddenly the thought came what if a spider crawls across your head right now (laughs) so now so now this thoughts you know running through my head i'm trying to pray you know this thought what if it just you know you know, like you see on TV, the tarantula crawls up on your head, right? And, and, and so it's, it makes it tough to concentrate. I'm going to pray, but I'm thinking about this spider. Uh, and I said, I am not leaving this place afraid of a spider. And so I, I stayed the course, right? But I had to deal with my mind in that, right? Uh, the, the thoughts of that, that spider we, that the guy wouldn't kill. Now, I, we don't know where it's at because it went somewhere. Maybe he's, on the, maybe he's hiding on the ground waiting for me to lay down on my, my face on the ground, I go crawl up my ear and bite my, bite my head or something. And, and so, uh, so you start meditating on Psalm 91, I will not fear. Uh, and so we have the right to live that way. We have a right to not live in fear. Amen. The nice thing about not living in fear, if the Lord says, hey, for you, uh, you should wear a mask. You know, we could go wear a mask and we wouldn't be doing any fear. Amen. He may say, you know, for you, uh, it'd be best... Because of the way your body's made up to go get go get the, uh, the shot right go get the, um, the vaccine and look I, this i'm neither for or against the vaccine i'm for or against uh, uh, i'm against fear amen uh, and so i'm not against medicine or doctors at all amen i think medicine and doctors are on the same team i am uh, and so except for the fact that my goal is to put them all out of business right uh, if everybody is healed then how much need is there for the medical industry? Well, you don't need it, right? And so uh, we, uh, all those intelligent doctors, they can find something else to do because they're already intelligent enough to do something else. So, um, but practically speaking, that won't happen in our lifetime, right? And, until we get a new heaven and a new earth. So uh, we have the right to not be afraid of the pestilence that walketh into darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. Uh, and then he says in verse seven, he's still saying, I will say, so what else are you saying? I will say that a thousand shall fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come nigh me. Are you saying that? But you hear so-and-so got it. Maybe we're all going to get it. Well, that's being concerned because one person fell. He said, what if a thousand people fall? What if ten thousand people fall? Well, ten thousand people got it. We're going to get it too? Is that what it says? No, it's, it shall not come nigh me. What if everybody gets it? Not coming near me? I choose not to participate, right? Um, Do we have the right to say that? Do we have the right to declare that to be so? Do we have the right to say, it doesn't matter, you know, 10,000, that's everybody in Dayton. And about, uh, probably everybody in Dayton in Spring City is about 10,000 people, right? If everybody in Dayton, I don't know what the total population of Ray County is, I think it's a little bit more than that, uh, but that's nearly the entire population of Ray County between the 1,000 at my side and 10,000 on my right hand, that's 11,000. That's close to the population of all. What if everybody in the county gets it? Not going to come near me. Can we say that? Can you say that? You know, are you saying that? Um, and, and so, uh, you know, if we're not saying that, uh, a lot of times the church will say, well, so-and-so got it, we're all going to get it. You know? Well, we're all going to get it anyway, so don't, you don't have to declare that. Amen. How often does our testimony... And our words uh, work against us. Amen. Instead of working for us, they should work against us. So, you know, when people, people think, well, you know, you're just being foolish, saying that you're never going to get it. Well, that's exactly what the psalmist said. A thousand shall follow my side. Ten thousand, is not going to come near me. Well, do you believe it? I say this stuff like that all the time. I, I say it in that, that exact verse. If a thousand falls on my side and ten thousand in my reign, it's not going to come nigh me. Mean. It's not going to come near me. I refuse to accept it. Amen. Uh, and see when you do that see then the lord has the privilege and the right and and the opportunity to work on your behalf to make that to be so if you're saying that well if so and so got it you know you know we're all going to get it well then the lord is constrained in his ability to do what he said he would do well i was going to go down and be your shield and buckler but you just said that i'm not your shield and buckler so i can't override your will so i uh, let me know how it works out for you and that's really what happens a lot of times people well God allowed the sickness to come on me. And then you go back and, and you review your testimony, you, you review what you were saying, instead of being in verse two, that he's my refuge and my fortress, you're saying, you were saying, I'm probably gonna get it like everybody else did it. And the Lord said, I was just about to deliver my refuge and my fortress to you, right on your front step. But when you said that, uh, I, I, w- I could not do it because if I, if I made you, if I made myself your refuge, when you just said that I'm not your refuge, then I would be overriding your will and I'm not going to do that. I cannot override your will. That you, I, I gave you a free will, a free choice to do and say whatever you please and if you were an intelligent human being you would yield to the Lord according to his word and do what he says and, and wants you to do. Uh, but uh, if our words are working against his testimony what he's declaring in his word that, that a thousand shall follow my side and ten thousand at my right hand but we just said yeah but I'm probably going to get it anyway then, then he's kind of stuck, amen? And, and if the church could understand that, that the Lord only operates in our life according to what our will allows him, then, then that would make our doctrine a lot easier to understand. Because we're all the time saying things like, well, I don't know why God did this. I don't know uh, why this came upon me. I don't know why God allowed this to happen in my life. And if you could just rewind your testimony a, a few weeks, maybe a day, maybe for the last 10 years, what have you been saying? Because the psalmist said, I will say these things, but what have you been saying? Have you been saying that a thousand shall follow my, my side, 10,000 in my right hand, but it's not coming nigh me? It's not coming nigh me? Uh, and of course, we have to say that with faith, right? We have to say that like we believe it, not, not hoping that it, it works, right? It's not a lucky rabbit's foot, which, which is odd because... It wasn't very lucky for the rabbit, right? I mean, we say it's a lucky rabbit. How can it be lucky? I mean, the rabbit had to lose it. To, you know, it's kind of, it kind of, I, I don't know. It seemed like a a, 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 an oxymoron, right? How can that be so? Uh, and so, uh, he said, uh, "I will say, a thousand shall fall at my side, ten thousand of my right hand, but it shall not come nigh me. Only with thine eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked. See, the the wicked uh, has no right to any of these verses." The wicked has no right for the Lord to be their refuge, and so you, you'll see it, right? Uh, you're, uh, you don't want to participate in the, the reward of the wicked; you just want to see. Now, I, I wish no ill towards people at all, right? I'm glad oh, yeah, they got it. Yeah, I'm glad they got it. Uh, and of course, we are in the Old Testament, so you do have to temper some of these things with the New Testament and God's desire. Now that, that now that Jesus completed His work, that everybody uh, uh, come to salvation, uh, uh, and so. Uh, I'm not going to re, I'm not going to rejoice. I, I can see and observe it. It doesn't say to rejoice at it, though right? You can see and observe that the the wicked are getting whatever comes to them, but don't rejoice in in their destruction. amen. Uh, and And yet a lot of Christians will de, will take joy in the destruction of the wicked. we should not take uh, in fact, Ezekiel says that the Lord takes no no uh, no joy in the death of the wicked. Uh, and so he says, because thou, hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. So that's that's a pretty big assumption, right? You have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation. Are you living in the Lord? Because you've done these things. So so, the, the uh, verse 10, where there's no 10, where there's no coming nigh your dwelling is a promise based upon a requirement for you to do the previous verse. Amen? Uh, The requirement is that that you have to make him your habitation. He is the most high, right? He's the most high God, uh, and he is uh, the writer's refuge. uh, And he's saying, look, he's my refuge, he's my Lord, but you've made him your habitation. Therefore, these are the things that will come to your life and be a blessing to you because of what you've done. Uh, no evil shall befall thee you ever noticed that some people their whole life is just uh, one explosion to another explosion every single thing explodes in their life right if they had a car it would explode in flames right if they have a dog it would walk down the sidewalk and just explode in flames if they had a goldfish they'd be watching it feed a little fish food and suddenly it would explode in the fishbowl bowl. In some people's lives just that way every day is destruction every day is turmoil every day is tornadoes and hurricanes and earthquakes and just complete and total devastation every day. And yet he says that no evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. And yet so many Christians, are this, that's all that false them is evil. That's all they have in their life is evil. Uh, and of course, I know the world's that way too, but the world has no promises. We have promises, amen? Uh, and so he said that uh, these things are only true, verse 10 is only true if you've made him your habitation. So do you live in the lord do you think about the lord do you meditate on the lord do you talk to the lord do you worship the lord do you do you tell him that he is my refuge he's my shield and buckler i will say are you saying what the psalmist is saying are you repeating the same words that he said a thousand shall follow my side ten thousand at my right hand are we are we saying those things that's how we get to live in a life where there where there is no evil that befalls me amen now now again uh, he didn't say that there would be no evil He's no evil befalls you. So there's evil that's trying to come to your doorstep. But if you're living in his habitation, then he will deliver you from that evil. What he said earlier in the chapter, right? He will deliver you from that evil. Uh, and so, uh, and really, uh, all of the word of God is uh, based on the idea that, number one, uh, it's a promise that is unchangeable. If the Lord promised it, uh, he's not going to go back on it and say, well, I really don't want to do that anymore. You know, we're going to we'll scratch that. We're going to... Uh, we're not going to do that particular thing anymore. Amen. Uh, it, they're always true. And they've always been true. And they will remain true until there's a time where they don't need to be true. Right? There'll be a time when there will be no evil in the world and in, in the universe. So we don't need the, the fact that he will deliver us from all evil. Amen. Uh, so it'll, it'll, be, it'll expire its usefulness, which is fine. Right? And then we'll go on to something else. But between now and that time, these things are true and unchangeable. Uh, and, and that's always been true. But the thing that the church misses is it's my responsibility to, to uh, obtain that promise in my life by declaring it to be so and yielding to the Lord and saying, Lord, uh, I will let you be my refuge. I choose to live in you. And if we, if we don't do that, if we live our own lives, uh, and look, does the Lord just want you to just pray 24 hours a day and, and, and fast, you know, uh, all the time? And, uh, and No, you can have a life. It's okay to have a life, amen. But he can be your refuge while you're at work. He can be your shield and buckler when you're at Walmart. You probably need him to be your shield and buckler when at Walmart, right? Nowadays, right? And so, uh, it's he can he can do things, right? And so, uh, it's he can he this person who floats around on, on cloud nine all the time. But uh, if we don't do the if we don't live if he's if he is not our habitation, then then we can't claim the rights to to verse. Uh, uh, to verse 10 amen we can't, we can't claim the, the privilege and the rights of the, of the promise if we don't do what the promise requires us to do the, the, in this particular verse 9 and 10 the requirement for the promise to be so verse 10 has to be based upon whether or not the Lord is your habitation do you live in him or just visit him every now and then Right. there's a difference between visiting somewhere and living somewhere amen i go home that's my house i live there amen i don't act like a visitor i act like i live there amen Uh, and and, you know if i want to put my socks on the floor i just put my sock. if i put my feet on the coffee table i put my feet on the coffee table amen my coffee table you know i do what i want to with it i go to your house i probably won't put my feet on your coffee table amen unless you're not looking you know i do it then but uh i'm gonna i'm gonna act like a visitor amen but if my house sleep in my bed. I'm going to turn the TV, and, uh, however, if, especially if no one's there, I'll turn it up as loud as I want to, right? Wall's shaking, you know, dogs are hiding, you know, neighbors are calling. Hey, turn your TV down. It's, it's a good movie. I want to turn it up, right? And so it's my house. If a visitor, I'd be like, well, okay. They just barely turn it up. And, you know, you watch a football game and barely turn it up. Turn it up where you want to act like you're there, right? It sounds like you're there. Uh, and, and so... Um, Uh, what are we doing? Are we doing what's required of us in verse 9 in order to receive the promise of verse 10? To me, the thing I love about the Word of God is it's 100% up to me how much of the Word of God I experience in my life. It's not up to the Lord. He's already made the promise. He's not... We're not waiting on Him. He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us to allow Him, or He's waiting on us for for us to have Him to be our habitation. Then He can... uh, Get us in a position where no evil will befall us. And yet, you know, uh, well, where, you were, where were you last night? I was in the middle of sin. <laughs> well, okay, great. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Well, you just said it was sin. It seemed like there's something wrong with that, right? Uh, it was, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of, you know, you can't live like that all the time. Well, then don't, be, uh, don't allow him to be your habitation. Then when the evil befalls you, don't blame the Lord. People, it's amazing to me how many people blame the Lord on, on, their, on their problems in life. The Lord did this to me. The Lord doing this to me. Would you like a list? I mean, you know, you could talk to somebody for, for, I could talk to somebody for five minutes and think, well, here's why. I can't tell you how many times people said, you know, why is this this going on? And you get to know them, it's like, well, would you like a list? Your words, you're not saying the same things the psalmists are saying. You're saying it, it never works for me. How come I can't be blessed like you? You know, how, how, why do I have to struggle so hard? Why does everything struggle? And then you listen to them, all they do is talk about their struggles. All they do is talk about their woes and difficulties. They never say the Lord is their refuge and strength and shield and buckler and, and, and high tower. And, and, and They don't say those things. All they do is talk about how, how the devil's operating. And so they're not, they're not following the example of the, of the psalmist. To me, I read this, okay, the psalmist is doing this and he's getting these results, then I'm gonna do what he did, get the same results, amen? The thing that's worse is to do what I'm doing and, and uh, which is not lined up with the psalmist. And then, and then uh, unfortunately, I don't get what the things say. And then I'm like, well, well why not? And the Lord says, well, if you do these three things, you get all these blessings. Well, Lord, I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it my way and still get the blessings. And we try to make that deal with the Lord all the time. Lord, I want to live how I want to live. Say what I want to say. Go where I want to go. Do what I want to do. But I still want your blessings. And, and, and the Lord's like, you know, it doesn't really work that way. Now, the, the, the thing that we, we struggle with is... We think that our way brings us more happiness in doing things God's way. We think living the way that we want to live will make us happier than living the way God wants us to live. Well, it's so boring to be a Christian. Well, you know, you can't really do anything as a Christian. It's not any fun being a Christian. He said you can have fullness of joy. You know, the world will never experience fullness of joy. Fullness of joy, right? They may have some, some limited happiness, but they will never know what it means to have fullness of joy. Never. The world will never know that. You have the right to know that. Uh, wouldn't it be worth living in, a, in, a, in such a way that you can have fullness of joy every day? He said you can have that. But you, but the requirement is that you abide in him, his words abide in you, ask what you will, that what? That your joy may be full. Amen? Now that's a pretty good promise. I think it's a pretty good promise. And I'm thinking, well, Lord, if I do it your way, I get fullness of joy. If I do it my way, I get death, destruction, and in and, and, you know, all these other terrible things, evil coming upon me, the plagues, not just the plague, but the noisome plagues, and all, you know, but I'm happy. Or I could be fullness of joy over here and not have any of those things, but I wanna live the way that I wanna live and, and think that's happiness. Well, it's not happiness. A sane person would not say that was happiness, but, but people do that every day. I wanna live how I wanna live. And I, you know, I, I don't wanna answer to nobody. Well, that's fine. But the problem is, uh, for all eternity, all eternity, you will answer to somebody. You think you don't answer to somebody, you answer to somebody. Whether it's in the realm of the spirit or the realm of the natural, you answer to somebody. Uh, and and uh, you can either learn that here and answer to the right person and, and allow him to be your Lord and master, or you can try to be your own Lord and master until the time uh, of the end of of, of a, uh, end of your natural life when the true Lord of your life will... will will reveal himself because it's either going to be the lord jesus or the the devil he's not the lord but uh, he has been lord of a lot of people's lives amen Uh, and so when i see these things see i think i think it's a good thing i think it's 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 good news to know that if i want to live a life free from all evil i i have a hundred percent to do with that promise i have a hundred percent ability to execute that promise and to live in that promise every day and, it, and it's up to nobody but me because the lord already made the promise there's nothing for him to do he already made the promise. if you do these things then you will live free from evil all the days of your life uh and, and is he gonna oh oh yeah sorry i forgot i made that promise for you I, let me catch up does he ever does he ever get behind they go, yeah i know i know i told you that but you know i've been busy we've been on a cruise you know the angels are all you know the bathing suits and they you don't know, have time to come down there has is he, is he, he ever done that? You ever just forgot that they made a promise? You know, sometimes we forget, right? Oh yeah, I told you I'd do that, I forgot. I mean, that's part of humanity. Sometimes it just happens. It's unfortunate, but it happens. It doesn't happen with the Lord, right? Uh, and so, no evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling, if you have made the Lord your habitation. Do you want, do you want to be free from evil and free from uh, uh, any plague at all? then make the Lord your habitation. And then you can say, Lord, I'm living in you. When the plague comes, Lord, I'm living in you, so that's not going to come near me. See, that you can say what the psalmist says. But you can't say, Lord, no, no evil shall befall me and, and uh, no plague shall come nigh me if you're not living in him. Well, Lord, I want you to take all this evil out of my life. Are you living in him? Well, well, no. I mean, that's, that's a lot of work. So, you know, I can't do that. Um, and yet that's the, that's the contract that the Lord has made with us. Here's, you know If you read a business contract, there's always party A is going to do this, party B will do this. If party A does this, party B will do that. And the Lord has made these contracts with us. If you, if you make me your habitation, free from evil and, and no death or destruction. Is, is there a plan B, Lord? Is there any other options? I mean, that seems like, a, seems like it's hard to do, right? I mean, I've got to quit doing this, quit doing that. Uh, that's really hard. Can I just get it anyway, Lord? I mean, every now and then he throws people a bone to show them and remind them that he's still good and kind towards people. But there's no faith in that, right? You can't believe to live that way. Uh, And so, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in how many of your ways? All your ways. Now, if you remember, this was one, uh, in verse 12, they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now you remember, the, the devil told, told Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 4, throw yourself over, over this precipice here uh, because uh, the Bible says that, that, uh, that, the, angel, that the Lord's given, an, given angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. And actually, he left about that last part about keeping you in all your ways, but he's given the angels charge over you and bear you up in the hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. So I should be able to go jump off a building and the Lord will protect me with his angels. Is that true? No, that's tempting the Lord, right? Jesus said, thou shalt, the Bible also says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. See, we don't, we don't uh, tempt the Lord or try to get him to operate based on our foolishness. Amen? And sometimes the churches say that, and that's where we got into foolishness with snake handling, right? I mean, you know, snake handling's still a thing. It's, and, it, and it's still, and has always been a stupid thing, but it's still a thing. There are people, just like in, in Tennessee and in Kentucky, that have died. In fact, there was one one fella that uh, you know he was a pastor of a church, and he had, I don't know how many kids he had, but uh, they were handling snakes, and he got bit by a snake and died. Well, then the son uh, got, became an adult and uh, took over his dad's job, and uh, was handling snakes, and a snake bit him and he died. Well you know they just learn. You know the the nice thing about being younger than somebody else is you can learn from their mistakes without having to do the same mistakes. Amen. Note to self, don't handle snakes, that's really dumb. Uh, because, see, that's tempting the Lord. Amen? Did Paul tempt the Lord when he got bit by a snake there in, in, in the book of Acts? You no, know, he wasn't with, like, hey, watch this, boys, you know, just stick his hand in a snake pit. He wasn't doing that. He, wasn't, he was just minding his own business, and a snake bit him, and then, did he die from that? No, that's exactly what it's talking about, is, is if you happen to be bitten by a snake, then, then you'll be fine, amen? And yet, we tempt the Lord all the time, and yet, He's, he says, is it true that he'll uh, give his angels charge over us? You know, there, there, there are times when when I'm doing something and you know, I'll bump my head or something and I don't think anything about it, but you know, I bump my head twice. And then I said, well, Lord, what's the deal? You know, you said you'd give your angels charge of me lest I dash my foot against a stone. So he didn't say, unless you're near death, right? Dashing your foot against stone, nobody's gonna die from that, but it's gonna be uncomfortable and painful. Lord, Lord, what's going on? It, 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 have I stepped out from under your your um, your covering somewhere? You know, I don't ask him why he's not doing his job because that that would be unkind and disrespectful. Lord, why 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 are your angels not doing their job? That would be that would be an accusation that the Lord is is not doing what he said he would do. I always say, Lord, what am I doing that keeps the angels from doing their job? Am I tempting you? Am I doing something foolish? Am I doing something that would intentionally try to Get you to do something when there's no, no purpose in it, amen? Am I sticking my hand in a snake pit or doing something foolish like that? Am I doing anything or, or is it just a thing? Now, sometimes it's just a thing, right? And I remember asking somebody years ago, they did the same thing. I saw them, you know, it was like every week I saw them, they bumped their heads, smashed their thumb, right, whatever, over and over again. And over, over a short period of time, several things like that happened. And I asked them, I said, now this was a minister. I said, have you talked to the Lord about that? To find out why? Because I, I do. If, it, if it's more than once, I start talking to the Lord about it. You know, uh, uh, what, what's up, Lord? Uh, wh- wh- am I missing something somewhere? Uh, and, you know, He may say, well, you're just not paying attention. You're, you're not aware of what's going on. You're, you're being um, uh, unwise in what you're doing because, you know, you're dealing with things and tools and stuff. You be, need to be wise and aware of what's going on. Don't just, well, I don't need, you know, <laughs> in fact, I was uh, helping somebody cut some material with a, with a razor, right? And so. When I'm cutting with a razor, I'm, I've got my razor blade over here, got my hand way over here. Well, they had their hand right here and cutting it right here. And I'm thinking, well, you just slip one thing and there goes a thumb, right? And is that, uh, well, you're, you know, you're being fearful. I'm not being fearful. It's just wise to not stick your thumb in the same path as the razor blade, right? I mean, it just seemed like a reasonable thing to do, right? Uh, and so, um, and, and, I, and I think about it, I'm not in fear, but I'm going to use wisdom about these things, amen? And so... Um, it's, uh, uh, and so that's why I asked the Lord about those things. Am I doing something uh, that I don't need to be doing? And that, that fellow, when I asked him a question, he looked at me really odd and said, no, That just thought it was the oddest thing. You ever asked the Lord why these things are happening to you? But none of them were life-threatening. You didn't have to go to a doctor, no stitches or anything, but just, you know, just dashing his foot against a stone type of thing, right? And yet he, he wasn't doing anything about it. Uh, thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and, and dragon shall thou trample on feet. That's true, amen. If it's necessary for you to go somewhere and there's there's lions and, and, and uh, snakes and dragons, you're the, you're the top of the food chain. Just go on in without fear and you'll be okay, amen. Um, but I'm not going to go look for those things just to prove that the Lord will do those things because again, that's tempting the Lord, trying to tempt the Lord. Uh, and then he says again in verse 14, verse uh, 14, the, the promises that follow verse 14 are based upon doing the things in verse 14 because he hath set his love upon me therefore I will deliver him do we want the, the Lord to, to deliver us well that, th- that deliverance is based upon you setting your love upon him I will set him on high because he hath known my name do you know the name of the Lord then he will set you on high do you not do you uh, not know the name of the Lord? Then then the promise is, is not for you. Uh, he shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Why? Because he has set his love upon me. So the promise in verse fourteen uh, follow, the, or the requirement in verse fourteen follows with a promise in verse fifteen. And and there's several parts of that, right? Call up, uh, we can call upon him. He'll answer. You know, the Lord never answers my prayers. Oh, so you don't love him. Because if you love him, he'll answer your prayers, right? And so if you tell me he's not answering your prayers, then you're telling me you're, you're testifying against yourself. Because either he's not doing his job, or you're not doing your job. And as far as I know, he always, does he always do his job? Always, has he ever not done his job? He's always done his job. So if, if, uh, if you tell me that you never get an answer from the Lord, then you've just said that I don't set my love upon him. Because the promise is there. If you set your love upon him, then he'll do that, amen? A contract. You've got your part, he's got his part you're required to do your part before he does his part. Uh, And so uh, I will be with him in trouble. He didn't say there will never be any trouble in your life, uh, but if there is trouble, he's gonna be there. And I will deliver him and honor him. So he will get you out of the trouble, and then he'll show you that, uh, and all the people around that's involved in that trouble, that that this person right here, uh, they bear my name. So you leave them off, you leave them alone. Uh, And then he, he completes the whole thing with a perfect bow on all of his promises, with long life will I satisfy him, and show him my salvation. How many times have you heard the phrase? You just never know when your time is up. You just never know. I mean, you just never know. Is it today? I don't know. What about tomorrow? I don't know. That's why people say, "See you tomorrow, the Lord willing." Why? Because you just don't know. But how is that true? If he said, "With long life I will satisfy him." And you're 30 years old 40 years old 50 years old 60 years old 70 years old even 80 years old right because long life according to the word of god is 120 years 80 years old is 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 only two-thirds of the way amen that's not that's not close enough uh and so is that right two thirds? one two three yep Th- two-thirds of the way uh, and so even 80 years old really isn't uh long life according to the word of god and yet he said with long life i will satisfy him so is that true well, again, uh, because he has set his love upon me, with long life will I satisfy him. So, uh, when we say you just never know, well, that's biblically untrue. Because he said, uh, uh, if if you're young, then you should know that that there's no way that you'll die between now and uh, now. Have people died when they're young? Absolutely. Uh, are they all evil, bad, terrible people? Uh, I'm not their judge. I don't know. Well, why they die? I don't know. Well, are they a bad person? I don't, couldn't tell you. They do something wrong, I, you know. But what I do know is, well, people say things. Well, God took them. That ain't true. Well, God needed him in heaven more than he needed him on earth. That is true, because then he violates his word. Well, I'll satisfy you with long life unless I want to take you out. Unless I want to kill you. Yeah, I might kill you, but I might also satisfy you a long life. You just don't know. But, but then, why did you make a promise at all? Why well, would say over here well long life to satisfy you unless we're going to kill you when you're young? Well, then that's crazy, right? That it would be a crazy. We do we serve a crazy God? If God that speaks out of both sides of His mouth, yes, I'll do that unless I don't want to do that. Well, then, then there's no promise there at all. There is a promise. The promise is with long life I satisfy you. And I think it's a good. Is it a good promise? Is it a true promise? It's a good promise. It's a good and a true promise. Amen. Yeah. And so, uh, do, are, can you be satisfied if you live to be 100 years, but uh, 100 years old, but the last 40 years you're on life support, in a bed, somebody taking care of you, right? Can't get out of bed. Uh, you got to have somebody bathe you and, and, and feed you and, uh, and put all your food in a blender. and uh, That's not very satisfying, is it? So, so this is a, a, a verse on healing. Amen. With long life, I will satisfy him. So satisfaction is, Lord, I want to be able to do the things you want me to do because we're satisfied when we do the things that God wants us to do that brings satisfaction to our life uh, and show him our salvation. And of course, that word salvation does have some connotation of healing towards it as well. Uh, and so... So Psalm 91, but really, to me, Psalm 91 goes all the way back to verse 2, I will say of the Lord. So what are you saying of the Lord? Are you saying that he, that uh, with long life he'll satisfy me? Are you saying of the Lord that, uh, I, that I have set my love upon him? Well, I've set my love upon you, so I'm saying that you will, you will satisfy me with long life. Because you can't say, Lord, you're going to satisfy me with long life no matter what I do. That's not the, that's not the contract, right? The contract is set your love upon him or make him your habitation or dwell in a secret place of the most high you know if you go through psalm 91 uh, and, and you're trying to get these promises to work in your life go through there and write down in column a here's all the things i'm supposed to do i will say i will dwell i will set my love upon him you know all the different things that you're required to do and then then go down and write all the promises right that he'll deliver from evil right note uh, that uh, ten thousand will fall It won't come nigh me. You can write down all the promises, but don't write all the promises down unless you write down all the requirements of the promises. Uh, Because uh, then, see, then you can see, okay, what do I have to do that I'm not doing to obtain these promises that are not operating in my life? And then you can change, amen? I mean, is it easy to change? Easiest thing in the world to change. Just do it, right? You weren't doing it, now you do it. How hard is that, amen? Uh, You know, if you go to the drive-through and they say, can I get a chicken leg? We're out of chicken legs. Do you just crawl in a fetal position and cry and the world's coming to an end? What do I do? I don't know what to do now. No, what do you do? Well, can I have a, can I have a thigh? Yeah, okay. You just change, right? Yeah. Is, is it a moral dilemma? Is it something that's, you know, an existential threat to your existence because they're out of chicken legs? No, you just change. It's just, just you know, do you want fries with that? Oh. You just, it's just a simple decision. Amen? People act like it's hard to change. not hard to change. It's so hard to change. Easiest thing in the world to do is change. Because when you're saying it's hard to change, what you're saying is I don't really want to, uh, and, and I don't want to give it anything up. Uh, well, I want to give it all up. If if I can give it up and I get freedom from the noise and pestilence, that's pretty valuable giving up, right? Wouldn't that be a valuable thing to give up? Well, I don't really love the Lord that much. You know, I go to church once every six years. You know, whether I want to or not. Uh, is that really loving the Lord? Yeah. I mean, I know things happen. Things, people are busy. It's, it's not. A, I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but. But a lot of times people are wondering, well, what God? And people have said "said you know, uh, to me before, well, I want to live like you live. Apparently not. Because I hear all the things coming out of your mouth that are in violation of the word of God. You don't want to live the way I live. Because you you stick around me, I want, you won't hear these things out of my life. You won't hear the I used to never know. Never know when your time's up. I've had people come to healing school for years and then say, when somebody dies, yeah, you just never know when your time's up. But give me your card. You're fired, right? I mean, you come around here for long enough at healing school and you know you've got to say the right things. Amen? Uh, declare what the Word of God says if you're going to live the way the Word of God says you can live. Uh, and then you just never know. What do you mean you never know? I believe it's God's will that every Christian knows the exact hour that it's time for them to go home to be with Him. That's God's best. Uh, and you, you negotiate, right? Because uh, remember uh, Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, I, I'm, I'm in, in betwixt two two places, right? Whether to stay or to go, he said. For to stay is better for you, but to go, he said. He said it's better for me to go. It's better to be in His presence. So he said, and then later on he says, I'm going to stay. So what does that mean? That means he had a choice. He could have even left then, and gone home to view the Lord. which he said it's far better. Well, wouldn't it be far better to not be in, in this fallen world? Well, sure. But the people there need Him. So he was willing to stay and be a servant to the people of God on the earth instead of going to be in heaven with, with the Lord. But he had a choice. He, he made a choice. And, and it was his choice. I'm choosing to stay. I could go, well, how would he have died? He would just, just left his body, just left. And Peter said the same thing. Jesus said the same thing. So we got several witnesses about, about that. That's the same exact story related to when they die. And yet people, I used to never know. They all knew. Jesus knew exactly when he was going to die. Amen. Peter knew exactly when he was going to die. Paul knew when he was going to die. In fact, later on, Paul said, I, I finished my course, I've run my race. It's time for me to go. So he said, it was, it's time for me to go, amen? So, so you know, you, you can live this way. These are promises that belong to us, and they're not hard to, to deal with. They're not hard. Is it hard to love the Lord? Is it hard to set your love upon him? I mean, if you really knew him, it'd be easy to say the word love the Lord. Is it easy to love the Lord? It's easy to love the Lord, amen? Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for your word. And just as the psalmist said, I will say, Father, that you are my refuge. You are my fortress, Father. You are my deliverer. Father, I set my love upon you. I make you my habitation, Father. I, I dwell in the shadow of the Most High. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. And Father, because I do that, then I can also say that you shall deliver me from all evil, that, that whether the noise of pestilence comes or not, it will come, not come nigh me. You will be with me in trouble. You will satisfy me with long life. You will show me your salvation. Father, I will do what you required me to do, Father, and I will receive what you promised that I would receive. And so, Father, we thank you that, that you have been so kind to make this contract available to all of your people. You've, you spelled it out clearly, Father. Here are the things that I desire to give to you. Here are the things that you are required to do to obtain those promises. So, Father, we will obtain those promises easiest thing in the world father just simply do what you've instructed us to do so father we thank you we thank you for being good to us and kind to us father in providing us all these promises and lord we give you all the praise and the honor for them in jesus name amen well praise god is is psalm 91 a good psalm you know i think it's it's a great psalm because 16 verses every verse is packed with faith every verse gives you an insight of here's how to get the blessings of the lord and it's like two verses, right? Do this and you get that. Wow, that's, I mean, you could, we talked a whole hour on it, but I mean, just two verses, verses nine and 10 gives you a good insight about, here's how to obtain the blessings of the Lord. Do these things, and, you know, and then verse 14, 15, and 16, here's how to obtain having a long life that's satisfying, right? Uh, and to see the, the salvation of the Lord. Here's how to do that. Are, are these simple things? I think they're pretty simple, amen? They're not hard to understand. They don't require a PhD in anything to to do them. Amen? Uh, And so, let's get ready to receive uh, this afternoon's offering. Amen? We thank the Lord for his goodness and kindness. Uh, And um, Psalm 91 is a good psalm. It's good to just review that every now and then because it's just packed with lots of faith statements. Amen? Uh, And so, we'll come ahead, Mr. Deere, to receive the offering. And, uh, and don't forget, uh, if you have time and available at, at uh, 5.30, we're going to be working on uh, packing up some books for shipping uh, and uh, at our house. And so if you need to know how to get there, and uh, just let me know. But um, well, we'll get it done, right? We'll get them all shipped out. And um, the order's good. We'll figure out everything else. Amen? All right. Praise God. Well, uh, good to see everybody out today. And uh, you be blessed. We'll see you next Sunday at Healing School, right?